Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of Oh Wow the Podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK starting from the very beginning. I'm your host Augustine and today we are getting into the finale of season 1. I have a lot of feels. I just finished watching the episode and I was sobbing like a baby Even though I've watched the series probably at least 10, 11 times by now, I still cry like a baby every time there's a season finale, so we're getting into it today. And so before I start getting into this episode, I just want to say thank you for all of the positive feedback last week about my first guest on the podcast, Felicia, for episode eight. You guys were super positive and supportive about it, and I really appreciate that. It was great having her on, and I look forward to having more guests in the future and upgrading my equipment to do so, so it'll be even better. So thank you guys for that. All right, let's do this thing, guys. So... Since it's the season finale, we are going to see everybody in this episode. There's a decent amount of jumping around. I'm going to try to cover the main plot points and also cover everything that I think is important. So this might be a bit of a longer episode. So we open with Cassie in bed with someone. We can't recognize who it is immediately, but... A couple of minutes later, we see that it's her friend in rehab, um, the girl with the dark hair. Then we see Sid is alone in his bed. He's holding a picture of Cassie that it's presumed Maxie drew, I think. Michelle is alone in her bed. Tony is at home watching Effie go to her new private school. Chris is with Angie and Anwar is dreaming about the Russian girl. We are introduced to the fact that it's Anwar's 17th birthday, so happy birthday, Anwar, and Maxie calls him to wish him a happy birthday. We also pick up on where the plot left off with them in the Russia episode. Maxie says that Anwar has to tell his family that Maxie's gay in order for them to stay friends, basically, which makes total sense that Maxie can't be best friends with someone if he can't comfortably be himself around him and his family. We see some of Anwar's home life. If you just watched the Russia episode and that was it, you might think that Anwar's family would be very oppressive, religious, but we see that they're pretty normal for the Skins universe. They're fairly supportive and attentive to him, and it's more of just like chaotic big family vibes than negligent abusive family so it's nice to see some relatively stable parenting on the show and then we get into the really emotional Sid and Cassie plot that still gives me butterflies all these years later I get nervous I was blushing it's a little embarrassing since I'm almost 30 years old and Sid and Cassie still make my heart flutter, but it is what it is. Sid is sitting at his desk writing a letter to Cassie, trying to convey his feelings for her now that he realizes he really cares about her. At the same time, we see that Cassie is writing a letter to Sid from her rehab, explaining that her parents are taking her to Scotland. They're moving to Elgin, Scotland, where she says everyone is happy and... Oh my gosh, we're just gonna see these two go back and forth throughout the rest of the episode. 
One of my favorite lines has always been Sid writing in his letter that he's been such a fucking chapstick, and that's really stuck with me through the years. I just love that line so much, and I find letter writing to be extremely romantic and should involve more pining letters in my day-to-day life, I think. We cut to Angie's house where Merv shows up. We've never heard of this guy before, and Chris is equally surprised that a random man is showing up at her house. We don't really know what the deal is, but obviously they are engaged or married or something, and Angie has never told Chris about any of this. It gets kind of weird because the show is treating Angie and Chris's relationship as if it's a normal affair, I guess, in this episode, but really we have to keep in mind that he's a 17-year-old student and she's a grown woman, and maybe this is where the consequences of that reality are coming in, where Chris realizes she has a grown woman's life with grown woman problems and other relationships, and she's also incredibly immature and hasn't told Chris about any of this, which is really stupid because I feel like she could have, and what is Chris gonna say about it other than, okay, like, I don't know what she's feeling. Is she ashamed, guilty, or is she just manipulative? We'll have to see. Back at the rehab, Cassie tells her friend with the dark hair, I don't know the girl's name, I'm sure we found out in an earlier episode and I just totally forget, so I guess someone can write in if you are listening and you know the girl's name. Anyway, Cassie says she wants to go out on a bit of an adventure and we do find out there's a deeper motive to that, but seemingly they are just going out to have some fun in town since it's Cassie's last night at the rehab. Meanwhile, Sid is going to the rehab to find her, presumably to ask her to stay and to tell her that he loves her. She doesn't know that he's on his way there, so she goes out looking for him. And kind of funny that Sid ends up getting escorted into a padded room because they think that he's going to be a client there. It's just kind of silly. We're still going back and forth between Chris and Angie and Sid and Cassie and these sort of hopeless romantic situations. I just have to say that Chris in the oversized Zoo York hoodie smoking a cig is a vibe and honestly an aesthetic that I will be emulating over the next few weeks because that is really the mood I've been in and I love it. Zoo York is very early 2000s, so love that. Merv leaves Angie's house and Chris sees him leaving and follows him. There's a great line where Merv is sort of telling Chris off, but he says, how old are you? Chris says, 17. Merv says, you haven't got a soul yet. And I just love that. Interpret that how you will. But man, when you're 17, you're definitely not a full-fledged adult yet. That's all I'm gonna say. It's funny rewatching and realizing that we're so sympathetic to Chris and we're comfortable with his character, so we're really seeing this unfold through his eyes, where he sees Merv as this intrusive, asshole, antagonistic character. And of course, Chris is hurt by Angie's deception, but it sort of seems ridiculous that Merv is acting out and being 
quote-unquote an asshole when actually Merv has every right to be acting this way and has every right to be freaking out I think since he just got back and found out that his fiance has been having an affair with a teenager yeah he should be yelling and freaking out I think it's totally valid and it's just kind of funny watching the whole thing happen through Chris's eyes and you feel bad for Chris because he as I've said a million times, it's a whole segment. Chris, you're a victim. He is the victim here of a predatory grown woman who not only is predatory, but also is lying and deceiving people in her life. This is rapidly becoming an Angie hate page, but it is what it is. There's a brief scene that is always all over Tumblr, TikTok, social media, which is Michelle and Effie sitting on the bench and Michelle sort of asking Effie why she doesn't talk and Effie silently sitting on the bench. We find out she's going to private school now to try to reform her, so that becomes important eventually. Michelle is just not getting any answers out of Effie about what's going on with Tony or if Effie's okay after the overdose. Finally, we get some insight into how Tony's doing after everything in the last episode, and he's basically just really sad, as he should be. He's still facing the consequences of all of his actions. Like Felicia mentioned last week, we don't really know if he's actually changed or if he's just sad because he's not getting what he wants, but... Is he still going to manipulate his way out of the situation? We'll find out. He keeps trying to call Michelle and she won't answer. So it doesn't seem like he's changed much. It seems like he's just kind of desperate for everybody to get back to being his pawns as quickly as possible. We get to Anwar's birthday party. It's like a rented out restaurant that they're using. They have a DJ. There's a lot of people. It looks like a pretty fun birthday party, especially for a 17-year-old. Maxie's standing outside because Anwar still hasn't told his dad that Maxie's gay, and he's just kind of lurking around, waiting. It's very sweet and sad. And randomly, this is a deep cut in the episode. I don't know if a lot of you guys noticed or not, but I'm giving Bristol's best to Jal's outfit at Anwar's birthday because she looks so freaking cute. She looks like a Powerpuff girl. She has her hair in space buns, sort of low space buns, and long, dangly, glittery earrings. And she has this super cute dress on, and her makeup is like light and pink, and she just looks so cute. So. Jal wins the Bristol's Best this episode. If you guys remember where we left off with Cassie and her friend from rehab going on a little adventure, Cassie actually had the cab driver bring them to Sid's house. Now Sid is still in the padded cell at the rehab, so she goes up to his bedroom and leaves the letter for him on his bed. Gosh, my heart, it's just the hopeless romance tugging at my heartstrings. You're just rooting them on to cross paths before she has to leave so they can tell each other how they really feel. Meanwhile, Chris is super depressed. He broke into Angie's house and is investigating, I guess, looking around, sadly. The actor who plays Chris, I don't know his name off the top of my head. I could look it up, but um, he does such a good job with this. We really see his 
acting skills start to come in and they just develop throughout the next season as well. Like Chris's character becomes really emotionally versatile and we just see how heartbroken he is on his face. He's flipping through albums of pictures of Angie and Merv and putting on the news and he's like, wait a minute, Merv is very flamboyantly gay. Uh, Does Angie know this? Probably not because they're engaged. So that becomes a little bit of a mystery and a question. Angie comes in to see that Chris has broken in and is going through her stuff and he she's yelling at him as if he's not a 17 year old, as if he's an adult that knows what's going on and not a teenager that she's been lying to and sleeping with. Chris is kind of like, can't you see what's going on here about Merv being gay? And he doesn't say that directly, but she's just like, what do you mean? Ugh, the obliviousness. Everybody's very clueless in these scenes, and it just makes you want to yell at the screen. Back at Honor's party, we get more insight into his family again. We've seen his uncle, Munir, who is kind of annoying and weird, and he's like the creepy uncle that every family has, which almost reinforces that Anwar's family is pretty normal because no family is perfect. Every family has the weird, annoying family members, and... So we're just sort of laughing at Munir, who is playing terrible, cheesy music as the DJ. Everybody's favorite, Posh Kenneth, shows up at the party, and he always just sort of shows up and talks for a minute, and that's like all we see of him. So he does his thing for a minute and dances with Jal. And then Tony shows up at the rehab to bail Sid out. How does he know where Sid is? We don't know, but it's just Tony being Tony. And we see that he really hasn't changed. He's still trying to manipulate what's going on and be in control of everything and create these dramatic plot points for everybody. He hasn't really changed at all, and especially his relationship with Sid hasn't changed. He might feel differently about Michelle, as we'll see, but... His relationship with Sid, he still sees Sid as like a pawn in his game. And he doesn't seem to really take Sid's feelings for Cassie seriously, which is a little bit insulting, even though he's like, yeah, sure, come on, Sid, let's get you to Cassie. But it feels like a little insincere to me. Something that really solidifies that Tony hasn't changed is the fact that he stole Sid's dad's car again, which Sid points out. So what's changed Tony has the car and he's lugging Effie around to make sure she doesn't go to any parties, but nothing's really changed that much since the last episode. Anwar wants Maxie to come into the party to see the hot girl that he's hooking up with, which again, like from the Russia episode, is just the hypocrisy of Anwar shaming Maxie for his sexuality while he's bragging about hooking up with a girl. And before going into the party... Anwar and Maxie tell Anwar's dad that Maxie's gay. And his dad has a very reasonable response to it, even though, of course, I wish he were accepting fully of it. At least he's definitely not mean about it. He just says, there's some things I don't understand, and I just have faith that I will understand them when it's time. Of course, I don't agree with his belief that being gay is still wrong. 
but things go over better than Anwar expected, that's for sure. So I guess that's all we can really hope for in this situation. So Chris, Maxie, and Anwar all go back into the party. Effie and Tony are outside, and we hear Effie talk again, but she's not on drugs this time, and her normal speaking voice is much different than her drugged out rambling voice. Her regular voice, she just says, wanker which is going to sound very American in my accent, but Effie's regular speaking voice is pretty nice. So Tony and Sid go to the party, and they're trying to find Cassie, assuming that Cassie's probably gone to Anwar's birthday. Sid goes inside, and Tony sees Cassie out by the trash can because her friend is puking, eating disorder things, so relatable, not great, but... Tony gives Cassie Sid's letter that he was drafting for her, and she just sort of reads it. Her eyes go really wide, as Cassie's eyes do, and she leaves. Tony is kind of pushing her to say bye to Sid, and she just says no, and we don't really know why. Maybe it feels like too little too late. Sid did leave her at the diner after their first kiss to go be with Tony, so I can understand that she feels like this letter is not really proof of any change in behavior. At this point, it just seems totally hopeless that they will cross paths, and it seems like Cassie's just going to go to Scotland, and she and Sid aren't going to be able to communicate before she goes. Back in the party, Merv shows up, with two goons and he's like talking to Chris saying my ring's gone cobber which I just have only heard that word in an in-betweeners episode which makes me laugh I've never heard the word cobber outside of that but it's one of my favorite British insults I guess And it is pretty funny, the whole Merv confronting Chris at Anwar's 17th birthday. Also, like, this grown man is at a teenager's birthday. It's just so ridiculous that you have to laugh. And why is Angie there? The whole thing is just so bizarre. Merv is demanding his wedding ring back from Chris since Chris pocketed it. So Chris gets down on one knee to offer it to Angie and... Munir, the uncle, thinks that this is a proposal. So the crowd clears and is applauding and a fight breaks out. I love the skins fights when just the whole room starts punching each other and tackling each other. It's always so funny to me. Also had to note that Jal's hiding behind the corner of the room and because she looks so good, I was just thinking, she's like, I know I look too good to be fighting. She's not going to mess up her makeup. Sid reads Cassie's letter to him, so now they've both read each other's letters, they know how the other one feels, and Sid has to go find her, he has to, he has to say goodbye before she leaves. And then, the biggest plot point of all, you guys know what's coming up, Tony calls Michelle, he's sounds sincere, he's apologizing, he says, I'm going to change. He walks into the middle of the road to get better reception, and boom, he gets run over by a bus. I remember the first time I watched this, I lost my shit, and even this time, I still cried. 
It's just so powerful. I would love for you guys to write in with your memories of seeing this for the first time, or if this is your first time watching the show, please, please, please comment with your initial reaction because this is cinematic history, you know? The scene is huge. And it's really where everything changes forever. An important detail is that Effie was sitting in the car watching and she saw Tony get hit by the bus and she's holding him screaming in the street. And this is obviously incredibly fucking traumatizing. It's almost hard to talk about this scene because there's just no way of describing it other than the way that they show it. So you guys know... I'm sure you have your own thoughts and just me talking alone about it can never be an adequate way of capturing the emotions of the scene. And then we go into Sid looking in the mirror and singing Wild World by Cat Stevens and it's just so fucking emotional like I'm gonna cry just talking about it so I need to take a breather but I really think the end of this season is one of the best TV show season finales ever made. It's just so poignant and emotional and Sid singing Wild World is so perfect. And he does end up, at the end of the song, he finds Cassie, they sit on a bench next to each other, and the first season of Skins ends with Cassie and Sid sitting on a bench looking over the city saying hi to each other and then we cut out and it's over and I just cry like a little baby for 15-20 minutes and that's how it goes. Oh my god, the end of the season, it just kills me. We don't know if Tony's dead or alive, but we do see him lip-syncing to the song in the street, so it seems like he's not dead, but I remember the first time I watched it, I definitely thought he was dead. Fortunately, we can just watch it on Hulu and go to season two, but I imagine having to wait for the next season to come out was like torture in 2007. I don't remember it personally, but... I know it must have been absolute torture. And I feel personal emotional attachment to this rewatch. I feel like with Skins, every time you rewatch it, for myself anyway, it always lines up with what's going on in my life at the time, even when I'm in different places, different ages. And right now I'm feeling very much that a chapter of my life is closing and I'm getting ready to move on. And a lot of relationships and places are going to be different forever for me as I'm getting ready for a big move. Um, so I really related with this. It's just one of those things where there are just some times that you know nothing will ever be the same again and you can feel it. And that's what I felt watching this and how I feel every time I watch it. It's always at a point where I'm personally going through chapters closing in my life. So again, I would love to hear your guys' stories, your thoughts. This is such a good episode to talk about as a community because everyone has like personal attachments and feelings. So please write in, talk, email, comment, whatever. I'll absolutely be opening up the discussion on Reddit and Instagram and YouTube. And I just thank you guys for joining me in this journey. I'll still be back next Friday, regular time. This week was a little bit later due to some personal stuff, but I'll be back. We'll be starting season two and oh my goodness, just... 
the show must go on. We'll see where we pick up. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I will see you next Friday. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at oh wow the podcast and on the Reddit and have a beautiful week everybody. Okay, thanks. Bye.